Good evening, one, and welcome back to the ME7 podcast on this Thursday night, just two days before Jules return to Priestfield to host Harrogate Town in the EFL League 2 campaign after a week of turmoil, certainly on the pitch. Um, yeah, three very um, disappointing results. Uh, the 3 0 defeat, of course, the Colchester followed up by uh, EFL Cup defeat to Luton, which I suppose you can't really put in a disappointing result more than anything else, really. Not expected to win it. Gave a good account of ourselves, but. Unfortunately, couldn't get the win on that night. Then a very, very disappointing performance and defeat at Blundell Park uh, last week as Jill's were, you know, they didn't turn up, let's be honest, against uh, against Grinsby and they had a blunder in Blundell Park, if you will. But that was followed up on Tuesday night by a win in the very prestigious Pepperoni Passion Cup trophy as Jill's defeated, ended up nine men at Leighton Orient to... Get three points on the board in our group in uh, that particular competition, if anyone really cares, probably not. Um, but it is back to uh, the important fixtures this week, of course. Two home games coming up for the Jules in quick succession. Next week, it'll be Morecambe visiting the Priestall, but for this week, it is Harrogate Town. Harrogate, who have been in a bit of a sticky patch of form, obviously had the massive turmoil over the transfer deadline day with all the business regarding Luke Armstrong and was he going to Wrexham? Was he not? Are they going to appeal that? Are they not? But as it is, he has stayed a Harrogate Town player. And I believe he had talks with Simon Weaver yesterday to just uh, go through what his mindset's going to be up until, well, up until certainly January when things might change again. But for now, Luke Armstrong is still a uh, Harrogate Town player. So a lot of turmoil regarding them. And that move towards the end of uh, the window, a very quiet window in comparison for Jules, whose team is now set for the rest of the upcoming campaign. But, um, yeah, Lewis, let's, uh, let's bring you in straight away then. Um, just on the game itself on Saturday before we go back and have a very, very brief look back on the week that has been. Um, Harrogate at home, obviously last season, I remember it was the first time we've ever played them, I think, and we had this sort of feeding or because obviously it was, I think it was only the third game of the season last year. Um, we played at pre-sword, we weren't obviously as, uh, as aware of how bad it was going to get in that first few months. We sort of saw it as a very much with all due respect to a smaller side, probably the smallest in the division, kind of pre-sealed it as a good chance for us to get a good win. They played us off the part one, two, no, and we went over disappointed. So it's certainly a side, Harrogate, who have, I think this is their third season in the EFL. The reason to look at as being a small club and someone's favourites for relegation, things like that. But it's never that easy, is it? And I know a lot of people will look at this weekend and think it's a good opportunity to get three points on the board after disappointing week. I certainly do feel that way, but... It's not going to be um. It's not going to be a simple game, is it? It's not going to be an easy three points like um, a few of us suggested. What Colchester game might have been, and we saw how that turned out. So it's important that we uh, we approach this game in a respectful manner and obviously be aware of the challenge that's ahead. Yeah, evening everybody. Um, yeah, you're right. I suppose we've learned that the hard way, haven't we? You know, going into Colchester at home after winning four games out of four. You know, a lot of people, not just Jill's fans, probably a lot of football fans around the country, whether you're a, someone that likes an accumulator, whether you're someone who's just a fan of League Two or, you know, just a casual fan. Uh, for a lot of people, that would have been a banker for Gillingham to win that. You know, a team that had won four out of four versus a team that had won zero out of three. A team that was flying at home. A team, you know, with a good manager, a good squad. But I thought we were really poor that Colchester game. Um, obviously, it's been dissected to death now. Grimsby was potentially even worse. And I think it's, you know, it's created a lot of conversation. We know in the week, the hot topic has been the whole Harris in, Harris out thing. I think there's a lot more to it than in or out. I don't know if we'll, we'll come and talk about that a bit later on. But there's been a, a lot of conversation about it over the last sort of couple of weeks since we came sort of falling back down to earth. Um and yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy. Harrogate are, you know, with all due respect, I suppose, probably as League Two as it gets in terms of stature, potentially non-league, like you say, a lot of people tipping them to go down. But they've not been awful this year. You know, they're on the board. Um, you know, they've probably produced what you'd expect of them. But I do suppose at the same time, you know, we want to bounce back. We had a good win in the week for morale, even though the competition doesn't matter as much as the league. But you know, now, if we're going to be competing in the top seven, we've got to forget these last two fixtures and we've got to get back to winning ways. And there's no better chance to do it um, with these next two home than these next two home games. Yeah, we'll delve into Harrogate and their form, etc. In, in just a little bit. But we should just very quickly go back on the week that has been both on the pitch and, and on social media. Of course, um, Jules did beat Leighton Orient on Tuesday night to 
at least uh, broke the camel's back in terms of that poor run of uh, results a couple prior, or the three games prior. Um, yeah, goal from Charlie Zander from the penalty spot and then Conor Mahoney forcing Nomar Beckles to put the ball in the back of his net in the last 10 minutes of the game. Um, I didn't go, so I can't really say too much about it. I've seen both red cards. I've seen the second one, the camera angle. I don't really think caught the, caught the first one. The second one did look like a stamp on Bon. And by all means, it seemed like it was a, a decent enough second half showing. Obviously, as you'd expect, we had a lot more of the ball when they went down to 10 and even more when they went down to nine. But yeah, I think I think recent point is, like you said earlier, the competition isn't, you know, important. I think Neil Harris has said multiple times himself it's not something that he particularly cares about. I don't think he said that outright, but I think you can get the idea that he doesn't really care too much about it. I think that's probably the mindset of most EFL managers. But I suppose for morale more than anything else, it was it was important to get to get that victory and by the sounds of it, Conor Mahoney in particular had a very strong game. Johnny Williams as well playing in his natural position seemed to have his best game in a dual shirt so far. So albeit the competition's not a priority, there were there were positives to take from it. Lewis's connections just dropped there. He's just told me he's going to have to wait for him to come back in. Hold on a second. Lewis, you're back. Hello, apologies. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. I think we've got some Wi-Fi problems, but we'll do our best. Did you hear that um, the question I asked? Do you want me to do it again? Pardon? Oh, I can't quite hear Lewis. So, um, just for the moment in time, um, yeah, like I was saying about the uh, the cup game on Tuesday, not a priority, but it was good to to get three points. So, um, go to Soto for just a few minutes. Um, so, in terms of standout performers, if you like, I've, I've been there's been a lot of praise towards uh, Conor Mahoney for his second half performance. Again, I was stressed I wasn't there, but I've seen the highlights. I saw the penalty that he won. Slightly, slightly dubious, I'd say. I think it probably was a penalty, but. At the same time, I think it's one of those where if it's given against you, you're probably a little bit frustrated. But I think there probably was enough there to to get the penalty for us. And then obviously Connor puts the ball in behind um, across the line of the defence, I should say, rather. And it's even McCauley Bond's tapping it or uh, Omar Beckles does what he does. And that's slamming it to his own net. So he's played two games at Priestfield, Omar Beckles, in the space of a few months. He's got sent off and he's scored no goals. So he's been quite helpful for us over the past, uh, past few months. But uh, Lewis, are you there again now? Hello, yes, I had a few uh, Wi-Fi issues, but they should be fixed now. Uh, great. Um, so, yeah, my question to you was, well, not so much a question, more of just an overview of the game, because I don't know if you went or not, but it, the the competition itself isn't really one that anyone takes too seriously. I don't think anyone really has a vested interest in it. Neil Harris certainly doesn't. But when you see performances that are much improved from after Johnny Williams in his natural position, Conor Mahoney has just touched on there, seems to be a bright spark in the game. There is obviously positives you can take out of a competition that doesn't really mean much, but it does also help morale. I'm sure it would have been a big boost for the players regardless of the competition just uh, to put that free game, losing streak behind them. Yeah, I did go. I did go. Um, planned to go, you know, I had nothing else on. So I went down with my dad, sat quite near the dugout, which is always exciting. Obviously, the rain of men wasn't open because of the nature of the fixture. So it's always good to sit by the dugout and get a bit of an insight. Um, being close to the the coaching staff and the manager. Um, Neil Harris was a bit frustrated, but, you know, happy enough with a win. You know, winning, no matter what the competition is, I suppose, will breed good morale, a bit of momentum. So it's good to win, albeit the circumstances. Um, yeah, first half, I had to resist the urge at half-time to tweet that we're boring to watch because, you know, it wasn't great. Um, I don't know if we had an effort in the first half, but it was really frustrating, the lack of chance creation, you know, same old, same old, even though it was a different squad, we're playing against higher quality opposition. But second half, you know, even though they went down to nine men before we scored the goals, it was um, it was so much better and we were, we had a foothold on the game really, we had a grip of it and it felt like a goal was coming, you know, sort of those, you can imagine those second halves in the in front of the reigning men in a league game when we're chasing a goal and it, it feels like it's coming. Um so yeah, that 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 sort of thing happened, and then the two two red cards happened. The first one I didn't see; obviously, it was off the ball. 
Um, I trust Max Clark enough to not just randomly lie that he's been, I don't know if it was an elbow or whatever, and across the face. Claimed it. The assistant referee obviously saw it, and the um, the sent off man, I can't remember who it was, didn't didn't seem to have too many complaints. And then the second one as well seemed to leave a foot in. So I don't think you can have too many complaints there. They brought it upon themselves. Um, you know, it's not about Leighton Orient, but I think they seem to have a few disciplinary issues. A lot of yellows in the dugout, and Richie Wellens already suspect um, serving a suspension. So is what it is. But yeah, in terms of standout performances, you know, our squad is. Our squad is deep. We know what Glenn Morris brings—a massive save at two-one to stop it going to penalties. Um, we can never underestimate how useful he is, even as a second-choice keeper these days. Um, yeah, really good to see Conor Masterson in captain in the team. Um, my preferred partnership would be him and Shad Oji, but we'll have to see what happens at the weekend. My hunch says it'll be Aimer and Connor, but we'll, we'll see. Um, and yeah, I love watching Ethan Coleman play. Obviously, he's still suspended, but I love watching him play. I think he's a real asset. And yeah, the main main two that stick, stuck out for me was Conor Mahoney and Johnny Williams. Read an article today on Kent Online. Um, Williams must have spoke after the game about playing centrally. And yeah, for me, it was by far the, the best performance he's had in a Jill shirt. We've said between us a lot of times, I mean, starting from the Stockport game, that out wide, he's not really done much and he's not really stood out. He said himself in the interview that he sort of felt he's drifted in and out of games. And, you know, he can fill in wide. He's, he's good on the ball. Um, I thought at times in pre-season when he was out there, he had a good relationship with Scott Malone down the left. But, yeah, last night, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that his best position, position is centrally. I think maybe his problem during... Uh, league games has been that a lot of the time we try to play four four two, and a number ten doesn't really fit into that system, so he's had to be shoehorned in. Um, you know, similar to George Lapsley in a way last year, where we didn't really see the best of him because they're both number tens for me. Different sort of number tens. I think Johnny Williams is someone that likes to get on the ball and dictate play. George Lapsley is almost that sort of energetic number ten that likes to, you know, arrive late, cause problems with runs into the boxes, that sort of thing. But. Yeah, I think both of them have been damaged, maybe. I don't know if that's the right word, but by the system we've been using. But with Tom Nichols potentially injured, I think this weekend is a great opportunity to, you know, Harris has said he likes to play 4-4-2. He said before it's the Gillingham way to have two attackers on the pitch, especially at home. But I don't think having two attackers on the pitch necessarily means that it's a more attacking approach, a more attacking style of play. I think having a number 10, you know, can help a lot of things. It can tie a lot of things together, especially with Ashley Nadison, who likes to run all night, all night, all day. Um, who I assume will start up front, depending on system, whether that'll be with Macaulay Bond or Johnny Williams in behind. But we played uh, some some decent stuff. I'd say probably better stuff um, with with one up front. You know, whether that was against Southampton or Stockport. We were decent against Akrington with two up front, but that was, you know, we're not, we've not always been poor with two up front. So, yeah, there's different ways he could go. But, yeah, Johnny Williams in the number 10, I would go that with that at the weekend. And then Conor Mahoney, I think we've not seen the best of him yet. or well, we hadn't seen the best of him yet until Tuesday where he looked like an actual winger, got fouled for the penalty, which I think was a stonewall penalty watching it back. And then, obviously, pretty much created the winner by himself um, with some brilliant play. So, yeah, he's going to be a real asset out wide. It leaves me questioning why we didn't necessarily bring in another wide player, a natural wide player, because if we're going to play with wide players, which it looks we are, you're going to have Mahoney on one side and then the other side is you know, probably going to be Jeffries when he's back, um, who you could argue that's his natural position, but I suppose more naturally central player. And then Jaden Clark, Johnny Williams, you know, you'd love someone else with that raw, natural wide ability, but it's not going to happen now. So we've got what we've got. But I think, Williams in the 10 I'd definitely you know go that route at least why Tom Nichols is out and, and see how that goes Interestingly I think I think Jeffries is probably a good winger for for reasons you wouldn't really associate with a winger so per se I don't think he's someone who's going to take on a fullback and beat him with a lovely bit of skill or something like that but I think the fact that he's so quick and he just has that energy and he's, he's got a great final ball from wide positions as well I think he actually probably is quite well suited to that position. You know, you look at the the ball we played across for uh, Ashley Addison's goal against Southampton, just escaping on the left hand side. That's what he's good at. Where his energy and pace will come in handy when he is, of course, back. But until then, I suppose Jaden Clark, if we are going to play with wide players, is going to be the one to fill in because you know, if we are going to play wingers, like you say, I wouldn't really like 
the idea of Connor Mahoney on one side and then having to put Johnny Williams on the other side because Jaden Clark isn't particularly trusted, perhaps. But then if you do that, you've got a hole in the middle because Nico's injured, Lapsley. Harris said would be really disappointed if he wasn't involved this past Tuesday. Uh, I don't know what he's going to be feeding now because it sounds from his press conference that he's not going to be available uh, on Saturday either. So the issue with him is, you know, still he hasn't actually come out and publicly said what it is, Harris. But um, yeah, we'll have to see on that. But it doesn't sound like George will be back in the squad for this weekend, which is disappointing because it's another number we've uh, we've lost. But still, what can you do? Um, but yeah, Lewis, let's, let's get on to um, sort of the, the reaction to what I, I perceive to be a disappointing week rather than, um, you know, a, a horrible um, career-defining week or whatever you want to call it. Um, look, firstly, before I go into anything, I will say people are entitled to their opinions. People won't always agree with them. People won't always agree with mine or Lewis's, and that's absolutely fine, of course. But the first thing I want to say is, you know, I've, I've seen videos, I've heard things about the abuse Harris has got uh, as in verbal abuse at both the uh, Colchester home game and then the away fixture at Grinsby, which is you know, not on at all. You can criticise the manager for his tactics, of course you can, but to give out you know verbal verbal spats at him and things like that is just not on. It's not helpful. It's not counterproductive or anything like that. So please don't do that. If you don't like his football, he, you can criticise his playing style. Go ahead, but there's no need to be... Uh, Personally, uh, victimising anyone, I don't think that's good representation of our of our of us as a club and our fan base, especially given all the other off field problems we seem to be have going on at the minute. So, you know, that's that bit out of the way. But um, yeah, I've been having a few debates with with people online um, this week, Lewis, about the whole Harris discussion. Um, I get where people are coming from in terms of um, his playing style because I said it myself on uh, the episode last week after Grinsville, I said, I do think we have the ability to be more attacking than we are. And I think we should be more brave than we are in certain situations because we have the players that can do that and do it to a good standard. But for some reason, we seem to be holding back on that at the minute. And I think that probably is down to Harris. I think he's very keen on keeping this clean sheet mentality and things like that to the point where it might be a bit counterproductive for us to you know, score one goal and then sit back on it for the rest of the game because that's not always going to work. It did work for four games, but it's not always going to be the case. And, you know, we've seen so far that when we do go a goal behind, we're not, you know, exactly good at getting back into the game. I know we did it on Tuesday, but then you have to cut that in with the fact they were playing nine, nine men and things like that. But, well, the issue I had with, with some opinions is, is I saw a post on the forum, which I know is, you know, not the best place to go to for <laughs> a good heated debate, I suppose. But, I did see someone who was saying things like uh, Brandon Shannon don't like Neil, which I can tell you for a fact is completely false. Um, and that his job's on the line, again, completely false. Um, and that we, there should be a, a Harris out protest this weekend for people on the forums who don't like Harris to say their piece. And the way I look at that is I, I get people who are opinions. I think some people have hyperbolic opinions and very re- reactive opinions at times, which, you know, again, you're entitled to. I don't necessarily agree with it, but that's fine. Um, but when you're calling for the head of a manager who's statistically the best manager in this division this year, which can't be argued with, it's statistically there, it's proven, and the manager that has a third um, joint first at the same time in the division, when this time last year we couldn't score a goal, although we're not prolific now, but we weren't winning games either or getting points at that stage. And, you know, you look at we are now, the turnaround since January and, and things like that, we're as I said, statistically the best team in the division to be calling for him to be sacked because his style of play hasn't quite developed over the season so far. I think is is just very, very odd. I've got to admit, we've we played six games. We've won four of them. There's no saying that the, the way we play might change. Hopefully it does because I want to see us be a bit, bit, be a bit more exciting on the ball. But at the same time, if we get promoted by paying a set, way then I won't care because it will be us getting promoted. But yeah, just for me, Lewis, I think the... Where I stand on it, I guess to wrap it up on this point for me is I don't mind people criticising his style of play because I've done it as well. But I think calling for him to be sacked when we're joint top of the league, statistically the best team in the team this year since the start of 2023, I just don't think it makes any sense whatsoever. I think if he was to be sacked tomorrow, that would give me more concerns regarding the ownership and making sharp decisions, which I don't think are really necessary than it would make me happy that Neil Harris has gone and we might find someone who's a bit more attacking because I think Neil deserved the time 
as I said, I'll say it again, statistically the best manager in this league this season. I think if that doesn't get anyone time in in this modern day of football, I don't know what really will. Yeah, it's it's such a weird one, isn't it? It's a very um it's a week that's deflated me a little bit because you know, when we went down, you thought, you know, this isn't Neil Harris, he just come in and, and found a way to try and keep us in the league and he did everything but keep us in the league. Apologies if you can hear my dogs barking. Um, yeah, he did everything but keep us in the league when he came in. And I, it, I always remember it, it was such breath, breath of fresh air when he came in and they they posted that video of him scoring on this day. And everyone thought, oh my God, and then we saw the interview. Um, and then obviously Ben Thompson came in, we lost Kyle Dempsey. And then I always remember the first thing he did change your goalkeeper, go to a back five. And I thought, like, yeah, I love this. And yeah, we did everything but stay up, obviously, and we went down and, you know, we spoke about it a million times, pre-Jan- uh, pre-January, pre-takeover. Absolute disaster. And I think a lot of people were on the side of moving Harris on purely for a change just to see what we could do because we were sleepwalking into into relegation. But, you know, last year he said it himself, he had the energy, he was revived, it was almost a fresh start. And second half of last season was one of the more enjoyable times I've had as a Gillingham fan, really. I don't know if that was more coming from, you know, we've got this excitement of a takeover and a, and a chairman that, that cares and wants to move the club forward or whether we were, you know, picking up more results and we're in such good form. And I thought, you know, this is the year. He's had the backing he could want. Like, yeah, we didn't get off you, mate. We've got McCauley Bond, a proven striker. We've got such a good squad now. Like, yeah, we could have wanted a, an extra wide player. But apart from that, you know, you can argue with this squad for a League 2 team. We should be... In my opinion, this squad is a top three League Two squad. And, you know, I know the aim's top seven. Um, to be in around that at the end of the year, it's such a tough league as well. We said that to death. But in my opinion, we are in, in the top three squads in this league. And I thought, you know, this is a fresh start. This is it. This is going to be the season. And that Colchester game, I was just so frustrated with the way we played. And I just, you know, the thing that got me, you know, people spoke about hoofball, if you want to call it that, you know. They, they've shown they could pass in games against Stockport. I thought we played great. They've shown we can keep it on the ball on the floor. It's never going to be on the ball, hundred percent football at this level. We've seen managers try and do that. We spoke about um, Martin a few a few weeks ago, the Southampton, Southampton trying to play the ball on the floor all the time when he was at MK Dons and how it was impossible because of the players at this level. But it, I don't know. It, it, we've shown we can play football, and it was just pointless like they would pass it around at the back and then go a bit direct and it would come to nothing and you know it's really frustrating and the lack of chances created at Grimsby and I just thought like you know is this Harris is this what we've got with him um you know is it going to be more of the same this season because it's just frustrating and is he the right man and I've been questioning it and I still don't know the answer to be honest but I think the main takeaway is to sack someone at this point when we're third we've won four out of six would, would be actually absolutely ludicrous and I think you make such a good point, Owen, about how that would throw up ownership ownership questions, like questions about the ownership. You know, we've not seen the way Brad and Shannon want to act when they want a new change in ownership. That will come eventually, you know, whether they eventually sack Harris, whether that's in a month's time, in three years' time, whether he walks away for a different job. You know, he's not going to be the manager for the whole regime. So we're going to find out. But, yeah, if they did that now, it would be shocking. Um it really, really frustrates me, though, the way we've approached the last couple of games. And there was something in Harris's presser today as well that he said that really, you know, the club tweeted it out. And I've been I've been so critical of Phil's tweets because I think that he just, you know, the club tweets wind me up. But he said that Harris Harris said that the the first goal in League Two is so important. And like, yeah, the first goal is important, but like, is it that important? Like, he's he might have in his head that you scored the first goal you know, we won the first four games 1-0. Like, does he want to sit on it? And it just struck me that was quite a defensive comment and the club tweeted it as if it was a positive thing. And that probably is one of the only things that they've tweeted from press conferences I've actually taken away from for a while. But yeah, it just wasn't a very positive comment for me. And his approach just winds me up a little bit in terms of in terms of the defensive outlook, I suppose. And you know, I saw a comment as well the other day, and I don't know if this is controversial or not, but it really made me think as well that if Steve Evans had this squad, how good would we be? And I just thought, yeah, we were, we would be good with this squad. Obviously, there's so much more baggage that comes to Steve Evans, and I'm so happy he's not a manager anymore. Um, Neil Harris is 100 times the man Steve Evans is, in my opinion. But 
Yeah, I, I, start, I don't know the answer. We'll see in a few months' time. He goes on about this 12-game stuff. Um, we'll see in a few months if, if we're up there. If we're not in the top seven, when it all starts to settle down, then, yeah, there are questions to be asked. Um, you know, I don't think the squad does need much more. We'll see what happens in January of injuries, etc. We've still not seen the likes of Ollie Hawkins this year. Um but yeah, I'm, you know, the calls for his head now when I see people on about banners and chants, that is absolutely ludicrous. Um, we're fourth in the league. We could go back top on Saturday, third in the league, apologies, and we could go back top Saturday. Um, you know, the thing that gets me is results are results. Like, it's not sustainable to win 1-0 every week, but it's a results business. And yeah, you want to be playing good stuff, but if, if it gets us in, in the top seven slash top three, it gets promoted, you can't complain. But it's just about whether... whether Neil Harris's style is going to get us that, but yeah, to make a move now would be absolutely ludicrous. You know, ask questions, be critical, but yeah, these next two games are going to tell us a lot. I think, um, yeah, it's been a really interesting couple of weeks, really, on the Gillingham front because we've hit our first bump, major bump, I suppose, with this um, with this new regime and the new positive feeling. This has been the first bump in the road. I think it is going to be a really interesting two weeks because we've got two favourable games at home on paper. I know, obviously, we all thought Colchester was favourable, but there you go. Um, I think you're right about the comment about um, that was put out on Twitter earlier. I've, I need to listen to the actual full iFollow interview. I think it's about half an hour long, so I need to find the time tonight to, to get through that. But I think the first goal isn't really that important either. I think if you trust your team and you know there's goals in that team and you're capable of getting out of them and it shouldn't really matter if you go one nil down because you should have the belief that you have the players to get back into obviously obviously you don't want to go one nil down but if in that situation you should have the belief in your squad and the quality that you can get back into it and obviously that's not been the case over the past two games and I think, I think with Neil is I am a nil backer as people know but I do get frustrated with the seemingly constant defensive outlook on games, especially when he's a former prolific striker himself. I can't really get my head around that bit, but it's, it, the wins we've had, right, um, Stockport I think was probably destined to be a draw if we're being honest with ourselves. I think we probably deserve to win on the basis of how well we defended and then it was one of those, if we nicked it, then you know you can't really argue because I think we defended well enough to deserve to have that moment, if you like. Um, Accrington, I think we played him off the park and we yeah, I don't think anyone was being defensive that day. I think it was just one of those days we, for some reason, just couldn't get the ball in there for a second goal. But on another day, we probably scored three or four. Uh, Southampton, we played with freedom. We played without any fear. We scored three good goals and won the game with ease. Um, these two, the Sutton and Crawley ones, are the ones that sort of, as, although I'm obviously not going to critique it because we won the game. I was happy I won the game. But I did look at them and after we scored in both games, although Crawley were a lot more under pressure than we were at Sutton, I did look at it and think, do we really... You know, with respect to those two teams, do we really need to be going to those sides and wanting to play defensive football? Because I think surely if, you know, man for man, we have better players than both of them do. So I'd like to think that we could get the first goal and push for a second and maybe take it away from them. And I think we would have had the quality to do that. Obviously, quality performance-wise, we weren't there. But Sutton, I think we did have the measure of them for most of the game. They had a lot of pressure, but didn't really create anything at all, really, that I can think of. And I think it's one of them where... If you're playing a team, although, although it's a way you, you tend to be a bit more cautious, if you're playing someone that you know you are better than, I think you can afford to be a bit more braver, especially if you do get the first goal in that scenario. So I'd like to see that a bit more. Um, something I really don't want to see this weekend, and we'll come on to the game in just a second, but is if we go on and up on Saturday and we sort of just allow them to come back into the game because, you know, again, respectfully to Harrogate, we're a better side than Harrogate. We have better players than Harrogate. There's no reason whatsoever for us to, you know, in hypothetically go one lap in the game and just settle for it and try and see it out. We have to push and we have to, to get the goals. And I think that's something that Neil hopefully is keen on doing over the next two weeks is if we do get that first goal, is trying to give the crowd something to get them back on side, the ones that aren't, and showing them that we are capable of scoring goals because we are capable of doing it. We've shown it in the two League Cup games, certainly. And I think it's just what's been missing from fans at the minute. Obviously, none of us complained when we were winning all the games 1-0 because we were getting three points. But we would have liked to have seen a, a bit more of an uh, attacking mindset, per se. And I think this is Saturday at Lewis against Harrogate. Is, again, with all due respect to them, we're a better side. So it's a really good opportunity to take the momentum from Tuesday, albeit in the cup game, and go into this game against Harrogate and show that we are capable of scoring goals and we are comfortable of... We are capable sorry, of, of winning comfortably. Again, we should have done that against Akron. We couldn't put a ball in the net. But I think this is this is a really good opportunity for us to 
show a side to our game that we are capable of showing. We just haven't shown enough this season. Yeah, I think it is just about taking the decision to put teams to the sword when we're in front. I think against Accrington, we tried to do that. Like you say, we just couldn't couldn't get the second goal. Um, but it's not it's not always. I don't, I just don't think that's in Harris's nature. Like, why would he change? I suppose you can evolve, but it feels like he's always been that throughout his career. But if we do go one 0 up, I hope we don't sit back on it, which I think is the same for everyone. Um, I think the frustration comes when when you realise, like you say, we've got better players than these teams, but we can't put them to the sword. Like, there's no reason why we shouldn't have beat Colchester comfortably. I was I was quite impressed with Colchester. To be fair, you know they're not a bottom of the league team. I think they're got a better squad than Harrogate. Going into that fifth game, uh, where we'd won the four games one nil, I think people wanted us to put Colchester to the to the sword. You know, beat the bot the league's bottom team by two or three goals and. Show we've got that in our locker, which we, we've not shown. Um, ironically, the biggest win has been against Southampton, uh, which is in the cup where we seem to have a completely different mentality. But yeah, it'd be nice to get you know a nice three 0 win, which I don't think is out of the realms of possibilities. You know, people can beat anyone, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but bottom line is we've got serious ambitions this season, and these are not games we should be losing. We've had that bump where we've lost to Colchester at home. Um, fair enough, you can lose to any team away, but these sort of games you should be winning comfortably. Um, it's just about releasing the handbrake to to play expen- expansively and create these chances, trying to trying to put a few more goals in. I don't know if that's in their nature though. That's the thing. Which when it works great, when it doesn't, um, it's incredibly frustrating. But that's the way it is. Um, these next two games, I suppose you'd say four points minimum, ideally six. But yeah, I think it's it is really interesting just because of what the reaction has been, where it feels like it's been the first major bump in the ownership change. It's been for a lot of people. I don't know if it's it's people feel similarly similarly to me in terms of a bit deflated because we've seen issues this season that we've seen ever since Neil came in and I think he's done a really good job. I think he still can do a really good job going forward. I just wish he would be a bit more more expansive sometimes. Um, but seeing the same issues has left me a little bit deflated. You know, he's he's always willing to evolve, I'm sure. He spoke about how he never played a back three or five before. Um, he's learning. He's still quite a young manager, of course. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that happens when he realises he's got one of the sort of best squads in the division. Maybe he will look to be a bit more expansive, but we'll see. But yeah, nice comfortable win is desired and expected, I suppose. But yeah, it never normally goes that way, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I suppose in, in terms of you know wanting to score more goals, I think personnel is obviously a bit of an issue at some points. I think Aimer is centre half is for the bar of the season has done very well, but I think he is the most prone hoofill that we have. Um, I think OG has shown at times that he is willing to hoof it, but I think also at times that he's able to take the ball into midfield himself and then just play a pass off normally on the ground rather than hoof it into the air corner. We've always seen as someone who's happy to take the ball on and dribble into the into the opposition half and try and make things happen a bit more advanced, which, you know, is a bit risky for a centre half, but for the times I've seen it he's done it quite well. Um and then obviously I think the big one Lewis before we get into the Harrogate game and preview for their side and obviously the team you'd pick, I think the biggest issue we've had going forward has probably actually been the loss of Ollie Hawkins because when you are hoofing it as much as we tend to be, he's the ideal person you want in that situation. We have players who have a bit of strength. I know Macaulay Bond, I think you mentioned on Tuesday, won a lot of his headers, but he's not the same stature of physicality as Ollie Hawkins is. I don't think many players, if any, in this, in this division are. And I mean, although Ollie was not going to score you a lot of goals all season, I think he does have that link-up play and that different option that can cause teams a lot of problems and obviously it has been a big, big miss this season. I think you'd be interested to see alongside Nadison with his physicality and Nadison's speed. So maybe we'll see that at some point. But you know, it doesn't seem like we're getting particularly closer to a return for Ollie Hawkins. But with the goal scoring issues, do you think uh, do you think like I do, do you think Ollie Hawkins has been quite a big factor in why potentially we struggle by not having that other option that Seems to, for the most part, towards the end of the last season, did work quite well for us. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I really like Ollie Hawkins as a player. I think he's one of the better target men for this level. He is an out-and-out target man. Um, 
you know, no, nothing about nothing against him. I, I always make say to my dad, like watching him trying to run is so funny because he just can't run, but he's so so good at what he does. Um, yeah, he's been a big blow. I think Neil Harris, the way he likes to play, relies a lot on a target man. Um, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a problem. You know, I've not been, I've not necessarily been critical of his um, long ball play that seems to have crept more into our play this year. Um, a lot of the time, I do feel like we do sometimes play aimless long balls against Stockport. It was very frustrating. I know you're playing away to, on paper, one of the best teams in the division. But it was incredibly frustrating watch us try and pump the ball to Tom Nichols, who's probably about five foot nine. Um, I think a lot of the time as well, we're trying to play balls into the channel that we probably have. It's, you know, it's got to be less than 2% of winning. You know, there's got to be more chance of creating something um, through the middle or potentially playing the ball out wide. I know that it comes with a risk factor of the ball not being near your goal, but it can be frustrating. Um, I think Max Amar, the reason he's made so many appearances for us, um, you know, I've been one of his biggest critics, but he is a sort of, uh, I, I don't know, it's hard to say if he's captain material or not. I know he's a vice captain, he's supposedly a leader on the pitch, etc. Um, but he, he will, you know, trans, transmit instructions from the manager to the pitch. Um, you know, he's very understanding of how the manager likes to play. And I think that is why he is probably our, it's not really a respectful name, but our biggest hoof merchant. Um, you know, he I think it's probably it's probably because he's 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 easily the most experienced, isn't he? When comparing to Marston and Ogie as well. Yeah, that's probably yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. He's he's our most experienced defender, and he's like you know the manager wants this. Um, he's played countless games at you know League One, League Two level. Um, Connor Masterson and Shad Ogie, I think, are both players who are brilliant centre half who are full of so much potential. I like I absolutely love Sh- uh, Shad Ogie. I think he's an absolutely fantastic asset. He's been a fantastic signing. My gut says he'll probably be the one that drops out because of the success that Masterson and Aimer had last year playing together. For my money, Connor Masterson is the best centre half in the league. Um I think he looked a little bit rusty on Tuesday, but you know he's not played football properly in a long time. It was his first start in a while, and yeah, I think he comes back in and plays with Max. Uh, it'd be a massive shame for Ogie to drop out, but you know we mentioned Amos' experience. Maybe that just comes into a bit more play. Um, yeah, I've just been a bit frustrated with sometimes the the aims and the percentage chance of creation from a bit a few of the long balls. Um, I can see we've got a comment in from Paul Fisher, which you, I'm sure you'll come to in a bit. I mean, and I agree with what he's saying in terms of you have to. Play well, you, that you, way you, you can read, you can read it out now if you want. If you want to put it towards your point. Yeah, sure. So Paul Fisher, obviously, um, formerly of Gillingham until recently, he says League Two football is a battle. I'm not convinced good football sides have success in this league. It's a tough and physical league, and a certain style at this football has uh, a certain style of football at this level has success. I appreciate it's not pretty to watch. Most teams have a target man. Ollie is a big loss. So, yeah, I completely agree with what he's saying. Um, you know, we mentioned we mentioned Martin earlier at Southampton, and I've said it already in this podcast, but I remember watching his MK Don side at Gilles, and I just knew we'd beat him every time. We beat him under Steve Evans in, in lockdown, and I remember um, I was doing a bit of media at the club, and Evans said after the game, um, we made a change at one point just to f- flip rather than sit off them we pressed them we did it completely different and after that we tore them apart because they didn't have the players you know you can't play football like that at this level you do not have the players and yeah like Shadow is great on the ball um, Ethan Coleman's great on the ball Sean Williams as well but like you never could play like that you can't you have to you have to play direct sometimes it's the way it is and our attacking lineup, we we spoke about the good variety it had in preseason. You have Tom Nichols who can drop deep. You have Ollie Hawkins, the target man. You have um, Ashley Addison, the runner, and you know the pace. And Macaulay Bond is just your natural number nine. And we've lost the target man, which so many teams need potentially more a Neil Harris team. And Macaulay Bond's done well in the area, like you said. I mentioned on Tuesday how he was winning so many of his headers, and uh, I watched back all of the. Um, all of our highlights so far last season, just to note a few stats uh, last night, just to note a few stats down. And he did really well as well to to win the header for Jaden Clark's goal against Luton, which I didn't really notice at the time. So I think Bond's a good replacement for that physicality. Um, but I think we do have the ability to get on the ball a little bit as well, especially with all due respect, this is an awful saying, but against teams like Harrogate, 
bit of Johnny Williams wouldn't wouldn't go miss. I remember saying last season a bit of Ollie Lee and Ben Roos playing together. They they they'll have an absolute laugh against the worst teams in this league. So I don't think that goes amiss. You know, I thought we were going to play Diamond at the start of the year with Williams playing behind Hawkins and Nichols, which gives you a bit of both. But um, that didn't really transpire to to get my wits in. So yeah, I completely agree with what Paul's saying. Um, I'm not asking us to play teams off the park as you know Barcelona would, but yeah, just a little bit more would would be nice and a little bit more of um, at times thinking about percentages and success of of certain um, periods of play. I think and you know maybe Harris is trying to get that through to them about identifying those moments and identifying when to when to do it. I know Steve Evans spoke about it before about getting it right of when to play and when to go a bit more direct and I think that's quite important at this level and I think we just need to get that balance a little bit better and Ollie Hawkins I agree yeah he's a massive loss and uh, I suppose we'll see if Neil still wants to go that way on Saturday whether Macaulay Bond's in the team or not Yeah I do think with Macaulay you've got a, probably time to start him at some point but it depends whether we're going to go with a two or one up front I'm personally going with a one up front but we'll get to that in just a minute and uh yeah, Ollie Lee and Ben Weaves, uh, careful what you wish for, right, I suppose. Um, but um, let's have a quick look at Harrogate Town before we get on to our, our team predictions. So Harrogate currently sitting 20th, uh, 19th, I should say, in the Skybet League 2 table. But I'd say don't t- make too much of that when the team below them at the Stockport County obviously haven't started that well. Um, yeah, Harrogate, probably the sort of campaign you'd expect them to have following uh, the one last year where they, much like ourselves, avoided relegation after a, a very poor campaign. Um so far this season, they opened it up with a 1-0 win at Doncaster, which I think on the basis of it would have looked a very, very good result. But then you see how Doncaster have fought us since opening day or, or continuously from opening day. And it's uh, probably one you'd expect them to win now. Um, but following on from that, it was two straight defeats. Um, uh, home defeat to Forest Green, way 3-0 defeat to Tranmere before yet another one uh, at Quinton Stanley, 2-1 defeat there. Then another win for the first time since opening day with a 2-0 home victory against Morecambe, who, of course, Jules will host uh, next weekend. And I'm sure you would have seen this on um, on the TV or being talked about that uh, EFL Cup second round game. It's not relevant to the league, but I think I should point out anyway, where Black- Blackburn went to Harrogate and won by eight goals to nil, which I'm sure wasn't a, wasn't a particularly enjoyable evening for the Harrogate fans. But uh, yeah, following on from that, a 1-0 defeat at home to Barrow, who were tipped to do very well this year under Pete Wilde, of course. And then... They were also won their pepperoni passion game in the week by beating not the Forest's under twenty ones by two goals to one. So um yeah, there was um down in nineteenth in the table, just the just the two wins so far, a few defeats in there as well. And no, they don't, they don't really seem to be a team we draw many games, but like ourselves, haven't really been scoring a lot of goals, we've conceded quite a few and it's reflected where they are on the table in a minute. So as we said, it's uh you know, with all due respect to Harrogate, it's a it's a good opportunity for us, I'm sure. They'll be coming here, hopeful for a point. Whether that will impact their game plan, I'm not sure or not, because I think they are going to be, you know, if I was putting money at one of those, they're probably going to try and sit back and frustrate us a little bit. It'll be interesting to see, as I said earlier, whether Luke Armstrong comes back into the team or whether there's still doubts or trepidation from his point of view about whether he wants to play for the club again. But I'd expect him to come back into it because, you know, as a player, as a frustrating as it would have been for him to get to that move to Wrexham, you can't, you know, sit on your, sit on your ass and do nothing until January and hope for a move. So, you got to keep playing, just stack it up and get on with it. So I'd expect him to be um to be back in the team. So you know it's 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 a team that I look at man for man. And I don't think it's incredibly worrying if I'm being completely honest. Uh, Alex Patterson was a big loss for them going to Bradford in the summer. I remember he was the main catalyst of our defeat at um at Priestfield last year. I thought he ran the show. I think he got a goal and assist that night as we fell to a. 2-0 defeat, uh, experienced goalkeeper in Matt Oxley in goal. Um, Matty Foles at left-back, who's on loan from Bradford. I think a lot of Bradford fans weren't particularly happy that that um, he'd gone out on loan again. I think they were rating very highly. James Daly and Jack Muldoon off for a threat. I think Muldoon was the one who got the other goal at Priestfield last year. So there's two players already. Um, well, one of them, the other one's gone, who's uh, got good memories of playing here in uh in a recent season. Uh, Liam Gibson was signed a free transfer from, uh, from Morecambe this summer as well as was Abraham Odo, who joined on a free transfer from uh, Rochdale following their relegation. And um, Josh Mars rejoined the club. Uh, he scored two goals. Uh, he scored six goals, sorry, in a loan spell at Hartlepool. Uh, Harrogate, I should say, last year, but four of which were penalties. He's joined on a permanent deal. Now, for uh, Steve Evans, is Stevenage. So, um, 
Yeah, I've run off a few of the names there, Lewis. Um, yeah, with respect to them, they're not ones that particularly fill me with too much fear. I think they probably had a better side last year than they do now. Um, Luke Armstrong will be a very, very big threat. We talked about the influence of Hawkins and his height and his strength. I think Alec, um, Alex Patterson, I think um, Luke Armstrong has that in abundance for Harrogate and is, you know, by far and away their best player and their biggest threat. Whether he's going to be in the right mindset, we certainly hope not. But if he is, he's going to prove to be a, a tough challenge for whoever we have at centre-half on the day. But, you know, as, as much as I'm, you know, giving Harrogate credit for who they have, I still can't really look at this game and think that anything other than three points is going to be a major disappointment for us. No, I agree. Um, I really agree that they had a stronger, a stronger team last year and they didn't bark up too many trees last year. So, yeah, they um, have a few names in there. Like you say, Armstrong coming back in will be massive for them. Um, you know, even though that I'm sure everyone would have wanted the move to go through, Harrogate will be quite happy that it didn't because they'll have them until at least January. Um and that's that's massive for them. Um, like you see, same Muldoon up there as well. That's that's not a bad couple of attackers to have available. Um, they've not scored many goals this year. I think they scored four goals in six games. So same as us. Um, but you know, put your house on nil nil. Don't. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll have nothing to lose. I suppose. I think we really underestimate sometimes. Um, just a general football fan, how hard it is to go away from home. Um, I think I really noticed it when crowds came back in after COVID. How how tough it was to go away from home. I don't have the stats available of results away from home during lockdown compared to uh, when 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 we returned. But I would imagine it's gone. The success of going away from home has gone down um, after that. You know that Stockport game. The mentality from a Stockport point of view, for example, would have been. Oh yeah, we're playing Gillingham. You know the two best teams this calendar year so far. Um, you know it's a fifty-fifty. But from our point of view, we're thinking you know we're going away to potentially the best team in the league. Um, obviously that hasn't transpired so far, but we're thinking you know a point here would be great, which is why it was such a great win. Um, they're coming away to a team who is potentially wounded, but you know I don't know how our home record compares, but it's got to be up there and. They've got to try and get a result against one of the best teams in the league with one of the best home records in the league. So, yeah, mentality-wise as well, um, I can't imagine can't imagine it'll be great. So I imagine them to be quite reserved. So, yeah, it's got to be a win. I think it has to be a win. But we've said that before. Um, I think a lot of a lot of eyes are on the performance, the mentality, if we go ahead, etc. But yeah, I think a win's the main thing, the main thing here. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know. We could go back on the board. You could have five out of seven, for example, going into another home game. So, yeah, it should be good. I think you're completely right, though. Anything less than a win, and there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of disappointment. It sort of correlates for me a while ago. I think it was under Steve Lovell. We drew nil nil at home to Accrington, and I remember thinking, like, oh God's sake, this is a game we should have won. And it sort of has that um, has that feeling about it where. You know, a nil-nil draw would be, oh, it, again, it would just be deflating. So, yeah, I think a win is essential here. Harrogate are one of the teams, you know, I don't I don't like generalising, but teams like that, we should be beating at home, I think. And there's no two ways about it. I don't think there's any alternative there. If there's one reason to be optimistic, we've played them twice and we've lost and we've drawn. So, by the, by the reason of logic, we should be on to complete the whole set of results. Um yeah, just before we, we get on to the start in 11, there is, I think the main thing we, we want to see from this game from the start is just uh, attacking mentality. I'm not, I'm not talking kick off the game and have every single player run into the, run into the opposition players off and just put everyone on the goal line. But I think we just want to see us at, at home with the Rainer Men nearly sold out again, the new LED boards in, going to be a sunny day. We want to see us from the off get in Harrogate's faces, make it uncomfortable for them. You know, again, with all due respect, it's not exactly going to be a an intimidating away following from them. It's not going to be many at all, is it, due to the club size? But um, certainly, like Colchester just down the road, they only ball about 300. Um, but I digress. Um, yeah, I, I just want to see us start the game and take it to Harrogate, put them under immediate pressure, let them know that this is a better Jill side than they would have played last year and a better Jill's performance than they're going to see from the one that we saw last week and just impose ourselves early on to them. Because we did do that to an extent against Colchester. And, you know, you can make the argument, I suppose, if... Timmy Dieng's header at the back post when that corner goes in. Perhaps it's a different game. Perhaps it's not. We don't know. But 
I think an early goal would really settle people down after, you know, everything that's gone on this week with, you know, the debates and things like that. Everyone just wants the same thing, which is a, a Gillingham victory on a Saturday afternoon. And I think if we <clears throat> impose ourselves, get at them and set us all that, I think we, we should be fine. You know, I've seen the results that they've had away from home and they've not been particularly great, have they, apart from the opening day at Doncaster. But as I said, given where Doncaster are now, I suppose that looks a little bit less impressive. They went to try and may who have had a indifferent start and were comfortably beaten 3-0. So I think there's there's a lot of reason for us to go into this thinking that we, we can get it can get it done. It's just a, a case, Lewis, of you know starting the game strongly, putting it on them and doing all we can to get that first goal. And then once we do get that first goal, not settling on it, going for another one and trying to put the game to bed as opposed to potentially getting the first goal and then just toning it down and sitting back a bit and then you obviously run the risk of inviting them back into the game. Yeah, I mean, Harris spoke about this first goal and I assume that sort of means uh, you know, try and get it early on. Um, you know, be a couple of goals ahead by half time would be ideal. You'd always rather score, I suppose. I mean, it's nothing better than a last minute winner or equaliser, but you'd rather do the do the job early on um than later on. And we you know, we've we've criticized Harris's ability to not not ability to see out a game, more ability to put the game to bed. And yeah, it could be frustrating, but we've seen we've seen times where we've tried to do it. Um, you know, we've seen times where we've been able to dominate dominate play. Um, I think you know it's complete completely different context. But the second half against Leighton Orient before the red cards, we were in control and there was a real sustained period of pressure. You know, the old sort of commentary line where it's like, oh, they've gotten boxed in, they can't get out, blah blah blah, that sort of thing. It would be nice to see that rather than the second half when we're trying to get a winner um, that we've seen a few times. It'd be nice to see that early on when it's nil-nil and we've got them boxed in early on. Um, I think we're so much more successful shooting towards the random end and we see that a lot more, but it'd be nice to, you know, we've, we've got the odd early goal shooting towards the town end, but it'd be nice to to get that early goal up the um, up the town end and, you know, have domination up the town end. You, you've We've fought a lot of times where, you know, we've got an early goal. Oh, yeah, we started well here. We started better than them. But it'd be nice to, you know, really pin them in that sort of thing. Um, yeah, there's not much more I can say. Really, it should be it should be a comfortable victory. It doesn't always go like that, but it'd be nice to get a nice um, a nice three 0 win to not just get us back on track, get everyone back on track. Really, um, fighting in the same direction after a, a stumbling block of a last well. I suppose a week with the with the two results in the league really. Um great to have the late and orient game. But yeah, it'd be nice to have a complete control and have a really, really good home win to get us back on track towards what everyone expects to be a promotion push. Yeah, absolutely. That is the hope going into this Saturday. So let's get on to uh potential team selections, Lewis. Um well I'll I'll go through mine first and then you go through yours and we're gonna I'm gonna base it on what I want rather than what I think is probably most likely to happen. But if it was up to me, there's obviously you need to keep in mind before we do this, I think that we know Tim Dieng obviously won't be involved. Uh no Dom Jeffries, um by the sounds of it, no uh, George Lapsley, no Tom Nichols, no Lewis Walker, of course, um, unfortunately. Um Ollie Hawkins obviously still away. So with that in mind, I think I'm gonna go with uh Drake Turner and goal. Um, because Chad Alexander, the the nod at right back, and there's a reason for that. Um, I then go with a two of Conor Marston and Shad Ogie. I would leave Max Lamer after this one. Uh, Scott Malone, I think, had comfortably his worst game at Grimsby last week, but I'm not going to hold that against him because he's been phenomenal all season. And, you know, everyone was poor against Grimsby, so it is what it is, but he's too good a player to not turn that around. And I'd have a midfield two of, I'm pretty sure his fit, I've not heard otherwise, but Sean Williams. And then I play in next to Robin McKenzie because obviously, you know, you look at the options. We've got no Coleman who's suspended, no Dieng. Um, and no, I don't really think Josh Chambers is the type of player you want to throw into that situation just yet. Then I'd go for a two wider midfielders of Jaden Clark. I think he was poor last week, but I think he's another one who's only getting a better of game time. And I think this is a good opportunity for him. Then Conor Mahoney from the other side. Then Johnny Williams in the number 10. You know, even if we do, even if. You know, we had other options. I think I'll put him there anyway. But the case is we don't have Tom who can fit in there. Obviously, George isn't available either. So I think Johnny will get the nod. And if he plays for the middle and carries on like he did on Tuesday performance-wise, I think we'll see another good performance from him. And then through the middle, I would go with Ashley Naderson. Um, by all counts, he missed a really good opportunity at Grimsby last week. But he has been 
one of our more exciting and more impressive signings this summer so far. Well, most of them have really, but I think um, Ashley's certainly one who's past expectations so far. So I think he deserves to to continue on. And um, yeah, and I think it would be a bit risky to put both him and McCauley in from the start because they're the only two strikers we have. So if you know something happens to them, you've not got a natural replacement on the bench. So I think it's a better idea to leave one on the bench just in case. And yeah, we'll see. I'm sure we'll see McCauley at some point during the game anyway. But yeah, that's my uh, that's my team and that's my logical reasons for it, I suppose. But uh, Lewis, who are you who are you going to go with? Yeah, this is a really boring answer, but a bit exactly the same. I think James tweeted out the same team earlier, and I replied to him saying I completely agree with it, and and I do. I think Tom Nichols' injury gives us the good chance to sort of drop back down to a four-two-three-one with Johnny Williams in his best position, pulling the string, so to speak. Um, I suppose Tom Nichols' Tom Nichols' presence really gives him and George Lapsley a disadvantage. I mentioned earlier on that I think both Lapsley and Williams, their best position is number 10 and we don't tend to play with a number 10 in Harris's favoured sort of four four two system. Um, and the fact that Tom Nichols likes to drop deep, you know, you know, you need to look at the goal. Um, which goal was it? it might, I think it's the Aquinton goal that where he set up Ashley and Addison and well, we have the Sutton goal as well when, you know, they're a good partnership for that reason. But when you've got someone who can basically play as a nine and a half almost, and drop into a four-two-three-one. You don't necessarily need that natural number ten, but now we've got the opportunity to play Johnny Williams there. I think we've played some of our best football this year in that system. I think it'd be the, a great chance to. Um, I could definitely see Neil Harris sticking with a four-four-two and giving Macaulay Bonner's well first league start, um, playing in with Nadison, playing Williams and uh, Mahoney out wide. He doesn't seem too keen to throw Jaden Clark in. Um, obviously, gave him a start against Grimsby. I wasn't there. I've seen seen a lot of it back. But you you said first hand. Owen is quite poor. I thought he struggled on Tuesday as well. But he would definitely be my first choice out wide at the minute with what we've got available. So it'd be Clark and Mahoney either side of Williams with Nadison up top. Really like Robbie McKenzie in centre midfield. Um, so he'd probably get in my best team there with everyone available anyway. But him and Sean Williams kind of picks itself at the minute. Um, massive, massive fan of Ethan Coleman, but he is obviously still suspended. Um, I think because Mackenzie's in a centre midfield, I mean, I prefer Alexander at right back anyway, but it will be Alexander and Malone fullbacks for me. Turner in goal, and then I suppose centre half is almost the most talked about point this week. Um, you know, four clean sheets in a row for Max and Shad with Connor struggling for fitness, but now he's back. I mentioned earlier on the show, I think he's the best centre half in the league. He was going to force his way in sooner rather than later. We've now conceded five goals in two games. Um, Grimsby, their two goals came from one of them was an error from Max. One of them was, well, I say an error from Shaddy, sort of gave the ball away. But there was a lot that happened after that. But he's the one that got hauled at half time. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be Aimer and Masterson centre back at the weekend. But I would go Ogie and uh, Connor Masterson as well. I think they're both massive, massive talents and brilliant centre at this level. Um, in my opinion, better than Max Aimer, but Harris seems to value his um, off-the-ball traits, if you like, in terms of his leadership and experience is the main thing. So, yeah, in terms of my team, it would be exactly the same. But obviously, there's a few things to consider, whether we do go to a 4-2-3-1, um, if we don't, who plays out wide, who plays centre-half, that sort of thing. So the team definitely doesn't pick itself this weekend, but we've still got great options because we've got such a good squad. So not too worried either way, to be honest. But yeah, in terms of what I would do, it's exactly the same as yours, mate. Yeah, I think the only slight worry is because of the amount of injuries we've seen to accumulated in recent weeks is that the options from the bench aren't going to be as vast per se. You'll have Max Clark will be there, obviously, Glenn Morris, and then it's probably a case of you looking at Matty McArthur maybe gets on the bench following his impressive um, little cameo on Tuesday night. I think you're probably going to see one of uh, Ronald Sito there and Joe Gabodi there. Um, Macaulay Bond will be there as well, but there's not a massive plethora. I think Josh Chambers probably will have to come in as well. But um, you know, thankfully in the case of Tom, it's it's only um, bone bruising, which I know sounds quite bad, but I think with bone bruising, you're probably looking at maybe two weeks tops. I don't think it's going to be too bad for him. And, uh, you know... Harry said last Saturday that he'd be really disappointed if um, George Lapsley wasn't involved this past Tuesday. And if he's not involved this Saturday as well, then 
I suppose, I suppose we don't really know what's going on with him. There's talk of a potential concussion following the uh, obviously the crash, but you know, we don't know about that. He hasn't trained this week either, so I suppose we'll see him when we see him. But yeah, I think the, the options from the bench maybe are just a slight worry, but even that, the, 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 oh, it's late. <laughs> even that, Lewis, I think when you look at the team we've both put out there, I think, again, respect to Harrogate, that should probably be the, the title of this podcast. I've said it so often, but um, yeah, I think it is still a team where man for man, you probably think that 11 is more than good enough to, to get the job done, really, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should. And it sort of relates to what you said earlier about being able to play different ways against different opposition. Um, you know, maybe it's fair to play a bit more reserved against the likes of Stockport, um, you know, the better teams we've come up against. But when you've simply got a better squad and simply got a better manager, then I think it's OK to play a bit more expansive and play a bit more on the front foot and think any way we play really, whether he wants to try that or whether he wants to stick to his normal ways, it's got to be three points, we should be good enough to get a result and then be looking at Morecambe for three points as well. Um, I think, think Harrow got beat Morecambe this season, haven't they? But I think Morecambe might be a bit more of a tougher game. Um, but yeah, this weekend, I'd be extremely disappointed if we didn't get three points this weekend, put it that way. And I think, um, yeah, interesting point about the bench options. I think that's very true. I was just looking through the squad list myself. Um, in terms of senior attacking options, there's really not many. Um, yeah, just looking at the list, Nichols out, Hawkins out, Walker out, Lapsley out, um, Jeffries, Dieng. So, yeah, we, we are quite injury-struck, but, yeah, we're potentially down to the bare senior bones, but the senior bones are good enough to to get a result against Harrogate, I think. So, yeah, fingers crossed should be a good afternoon. All things are going well. Yeah, we hope so. Obviously, it's, it's more of the next three games that are quite favourable, actually, isn't it? Because I think after the... Morgan game, which runs on from Harrogate, we travel to uh, Doncaster. So I'll be going there. I'll be once again for I think the fifth time. I've, I don't think I've ever seen us there. I think the closest I come, we scored an injury time and conceded straight away in injury time. That was fun. I've seen us draw nil nil there. I've seen us lose one nil there, and yeah, all good times. Um, and it's a mammoth journey to get there from the train station as well. The journey to the train station from London isn't actually too bad, but getting there um, to the ground from the station is a bit of an annoyance. But I'll go to Doncaster again just because. Well, they are in the league, they're due a win, so I'll go there and watch them get that over us, because that's sort of the thing we do. But, um, yeah, three favourable games coming up, and then I think we go into quite a busy month with the likes of um, Notts County and MK Dons both in there, the two teams above us, so it'd be good to accumulate some wins ahead of that, and um, they're obviously going to be in really tough games, and we've done quite well to avoid a lot of the uh, quote-unquote heavy hitters so far this season, other than um, Stockport, of course, who are now actually below Harrogate, so, you know, sorry Hannah, I know you're listening, but... Um, I'm not sure that's um, in that same category anymore. But um, yeah, Lewis, um, before we before we head off and um, let everyone enjoy their Thursday and then Friday and then obviously game day, um, let's get to what we think the score is going to be. I'm going to be um, optimistic. I think, yeah, if everything we said tonight, I think I'd be going against myself if I didn't say I thought we'd win. I do think we will win. I think we'll turn it around from last week. And uh, once again, with all due respect to Harrogate, um, this is a game we, we should win, even with the absences we have. I think our team's stronger. They do have threats, of course they do, but I think overall we will we will get the job done in front of a very big um, pre-sale crowd. Again, new LEDs in, things like that. Possibly the big banner in from what we hear, but uh, we'll see about that. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a with a 3-0 victory. I think we're going to turn prolific overnight and score three goals. That's what my thinking is. I'm going to go with uh, Ashton Addison to get back on the score sheet. And I'm, I'm thinking another goal for... Actually, you know what? Yeah, Ashley Addison's getting on the score sheet. And then first goals of the season for Johnny Williams playing in the 10. But he's going to arrive late. Frank Lampard can get on the end of a Scott Malone ball back. So make out, make sure you keep your eyes open for that. And then I think he's had his chances this season. He ballooned one against Luton. He had um, that snap header against um, Colchester saved. And then, you know, again, if he didn't uh, put his put a ball into his own net on Tuesday, I bet he was going to tap it in. So I'm going to back... Um, Going to back Macaulay Bond to get that first goal and hopefully be the lift off of his Jules career as well. Yeah, they're very specific uh, specific predictions, but I suppose that's, that's what they're there for. Um, I was going to go 3-0 as well, but just because of our typical reserve nature, I think I'm going to go 2-0. Um, comfortable, though. I think I'm going to go Ashley Addison and Connor Mahoney. Um, 
had a few worries about Mahoney after the first two games, but I suppose, like you said earlier, no one was great against Colchester or Grimsby. Tuesday night, he showed why he's a championship player, and I think he's going to be very important to us, playing pretty much almost every week. So, yeah, I think he'll get a goal. And, uh, yeah, Ashley Addison, who I think has been arguably our player of the year so far, absolutely fantastic. Um, big fan of his. So, yeah, I'll take a nice, comfortable 2-0 win um, to get us back in back to winning ways in the league, which... Again, I think is the minimum requirement on Saturday, I suppose. Yeah, I would like to see, you know, if I'm picking out certain things to happen to make it like the perfect result, I would like to see whether it's a goal or an assist. I would like to see Johnny Williams get off the mark in terms of um, in terms of goal contributions this season because I think that would be great for his confidence. He mentioned it in his interview after the game on Tuesday that he's been lacking it a bit and he's possibly not played his best football so far. But I think part of that is obviously because he has been playing out of position. But um, I think that will come. But um yeah, hopefully he gets that, gets off the mark on uh, Saturday, and we can have a relatively uh, stress-free afternoon and get back to winning ways ahead of um, another two, quote unquote, um, promising fixtures, if you like. So um, again, thanks everyone for tuning in tonight. Um, available to listen back as soon as we finish, of course, and it will be uploaded to Spotify as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, Lewis, thanks so much for joining me. I'm sure we'll uh, catch up again on Saturday night to to run for it with some other people. But um, yeah. Hopefully, Jules do return to winning ways on Saturday when they host Harrogate Town. Um, before we go, uh, of course, keep um, watching all our stuff. Of course, keep sharing it, things like that. Always available on Spotify as well if you need it. And uh, yeah, we're doing some good benchmark work this season in terms of hitting new targets. We're going to keep that going. Um, and yeah, before we go, uh, no just went to Harrogate and up the Jules. Good night. <laughs>